0: Hello and welcome to Hong Kong Heritage. Last week, I joined two walk-in Hong Kong tour guides for a look around Sham Shui Po. This week, I continue with one of them, Olivia Tang, as she shows me the police station and describes how Boundary Street was a key marker for criminals fleeing Hong Kong. I then have a chat with Chloe Lai, the curator of the exhibition Tales of Sham Shui Po.
1: So here we are. Uh, We have arrived at the Sham Shui Po police station. So we have walked along... Uh, Lai Chi Kok Road and reach the uh, junction of Lai Chi Kok Road and Yan Chow Street, and here we are standing in front of the Sham Shui Po Police Station. Uh, the building is stand- definitely stands out in Sham Shui Po because it's of uh, well, the colonial era, is of neoclassical style. It has three floors uh, with two of the stories that have open galleries. So everyone, look at it. It's like ah, oh, definitely. Distinct from the rest of the buildings in the area, it has uh, large columns on the verandas and on the ground level. It has uh, these arched uh, walkways, and we can see the keystones as well. Uh, so, it's of um, of a architectural style that actually similar to the one in Wen Chai uh, Police Station. So, when was this one built? It was built in 1925. Uh, it was actually a an important time because. Um Sham Shui Po actually just about 650 meters down that way we would hit uh, along Lai Chi Kok Road we would hit Boundary Street. And that was the f- dividing point uh between the uh British uh colonial government and uh the Chinese government back then of um, which belongs like which part gets seated. Uh so Sham Shui Po was right north of Boundary Street. So in the treaty in the 19, uh, 1860s, the uh, the convention of Peking, uh, Shem Shui Po was not part of the colony yet. So you can imagine we are standing right between where the colonial government sits and also the rest of the Chinese government sits. And the boundary, the border actually is pretty por- was pretty porous. Uh, so people could pass through and there would be like some smuggling that happens and also people who commit crime in the col- uh, in the colony, they would escape to Sham Shui Po. So this is literally, there was literally a sin city, uh, where there's a lot of, uh, criminals, uh, who hide away here. Also gambling, uh, prostitution and all sorts of, um, smuggling, uh, illegal activities that go on here. Uh, so when 18, uh, 1898, uh, less than the, uh, second convention of Peking was signed, that, that was when the government said we need to do something about Shamsui Po. One was to urbanize it, uh, by reclaiming more land, levelling the uh, land off, uh, so that they also built a discrete system into the uh, into the town. The other part was to actually improve the uh, security here uh, because of all the crimes. Uh, so they built the um, police station here. Um, that was one of the like first um, that looked after. Actually, back then, it has a very large jurisdiction area. It stretched all the way to Chunwan. Uh, so serve a very important purpose. I, I, this building has quite a lot of uh, brought back quite a lot of childhood memory for me. What uh, being at the police station? No, not, <laughs> yes, I was inside because I'm not sure if you have uh, heard this. Uh, it says, uh, in Chinese it's 小年警讯. I think in, in English it's called the Junior Police Call. Uh, so I was a member in, uh, primary school. So there are actually rooms that you can, like, do activities or join, like, seminars, etc., uh, that you can go in. So that was actually how I got to, uh, go inside the building. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite movies from childhood was Jackie Chen's, uh, police story, Genghishepu Si. And part of the movie was shot here, uh, in the Shamshepu police station as well. Um, so in the 1950s and 60s, when there are a lot of, um immigrants who migrate to uh, uh Shui Po area. So actually we if we looked up um the Yan Chao Street, uh, away from the ocean, uh, but look up the hillside area, so that's used to be where the uh Sheki Mei uh squatters were and there were actually um quite a lot of like um illegal activity. Um and later on the Sheki Mei housing estate was built uh so uh John Woo, uh the famous movie director, uh grew up there as well. He was involved like he was being tailed by gangsters and someone even like threw acid at him that he was in danger. Um, there was actually another story about uh some girls who grew up in those housing estates and they would um, they they recall how they they live on the seventh floor or uh, the upper floor and they would hear the gang fights on the fought, fighting uh, on the ground floor and they would hear the the knife chopping into the flesh as if it is at the butcher's stand that you hear the butcher use the knife chop into a, like a chunk of pork meat and that's what she heard and remember uh, from those fighting uh, so there's quite a lot of crimes in the area so from 1941 to 1945 uh, when uh, the Japanese army occupied Hong Kong. Uh, this police station was used as the command center uh, for the Prisoner of War camp, which was right next to it. Uh, you can't see anything left of the, um, the camp anymore uh, because uh, it has been torn down and now stand the uh, housing estate like Gokchun and also the Dragon Center, which is a big shopping mall uh, that serves the Shem Shui Po area. So does anything of that camp remain? Uh, there, unfortunately all of it is, was torn down. Um, it, during the Japanese occupation, uh, it housed the prisoner of war from uh, Hong Kong, from uh, India, also uh, Canada and also British Army. Um, and then later on, uh, when I was actually, well, in the late 70s and also early 80s, when we had the, uh, Vietnamese, uh, refugees who came to Hong Kong, the boat people, uh, the camp actually turns to a refugee camp for them. And I still remember one night looking down the street when it was very little, uh, a fire broke out and there was a whole, like, a big part of the camp was inflated. Inflamed uh, because of the riot by the refugees, um, so nothing is left anymore. Uh, what remained is in actually round the corner. There's the Sham Shui Po Park. There's a plaque um, that commemorates the people who died in the war, um, so the prisoners of war, uh, as well as I think there are two maple trees. I forgot how many, uh, but there are maple trees that commemorate the Canadians who fought in the war.
0: Now, just walking along the street here, I mean, uh, as we said, that Sham Shui Po is very vibrant very very community based as Mm -hmm. well i mean and uh but just walking along you've got your ubiquitous hairdressers everywhere yes Uh, but i found it interesting here you just got a you know half a street of of hairdressers all competing against one another so there's there's no excuse for a shoddy haircut in shangshi po is there definitely (laughs) not yeah you can
1: always find something really uh right at your like very very easy to reach and also they're uh very affordable there, my dad, for example, uh, he wants to get a haircut. He can go to a Shanghainese, uh, hairdresser and it will cost him $15 only.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's a bargain. Um, also along here, we've got some, some wood shops that sell, you know, steamers, uh, and little stools as <laughs> well. So very, uh, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of traditional Hong Kong here. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I,
1: so I have now, uh, uh, moved out of Sham Po. I'm now living in Qin ha. But from time to time, I feel I still need to come back to Sham Po to get in touch with the uh, community life uh, because it definitely is a very different uh, vibe here, a different energy. And you, you feel much more organic and grassroots than down to earth here.
0: Now, down the road here is quite a landmark of Sham Po. Actually,
1: up the hill, you will
0: see a clock tower, a very distinct uh, clock that
1: stands out. Um, so in the early nineteen hundreds that um, the uh the founder of Garden Bakery Company, uh they bought the plot there, uh and they built the um, their factory uh and manufacture like they, they baked the bread, um, different uh confectionery and that formed actually um, a really affordable uh source of bakery products for the locals. Uh that's Western in style. Um, but what is curious about uh, this building is it has a big clock at the top and as time passed by people started to forget like, how come there's a clock there uh, so usually I ask people in the tour to guess why there's a clock uh, <laughs> most people don't get it uh, the answer is because uh, we believe it uh, so some of the local residents do say that it's back uh, in uh, like 1920s um, there is there's actually a pier uh, near where we are standing now, we are on Tong Chau Street. Uh, there used to be a Pei Ho Street uh, pier, and the clock would serve as the uh, serve the function of telling the time uh, for those people who want to catch the ferry to Central. Uh, so when that pier was built, it was uh, it served the route to Macau, to Central, and
0: Shen Wan. Now, Chloe Lai, I, I remember you as a, as a colleague at the South China Morning Post newspaper, but subsequent to that, you've been continuing in heritage with your own uh, non-governmental organization, your right. own NGO.
2: Yes, yes. Um, I'm, I'm working for an NGO now. It is called um, the Urban Diary. Well, um, it is actually a project won by um, a... a Integer Foundation. This is a private foundation, anyway. So, um, so should I go ahead and tell you what I'm doing now? Okay, thank you. <laughs> right now, um, I'm running an exhibition in Sam Shui Po. Um, uh, the the place, the venue of the exhibition is on the ground floor of 248 Tong Chao Street. Wow, um, it is a tenement building. And the the shop owner of the of the shop is really nice because she lent the space for us for free for free, so uh, that's why we can run this exhibition. So the i well, um, the idea of this exhibition all started because some Shui is a very interesting, colorful, dense, vibrant, multi-layer uh, 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 place in Hong Kong. I just found it very interesting that I there's so many. Shops here, and then, you know, there are shops you don't really, you can't really find in, in other parts of Hong Kong, such as shops selling lace, uh, shops selling button, and shops selling, um, and then shops selling, um, sewing machine, right? And then, um, um, there's a whole street or number of streets selling fabrics, accessories, right? And then there are so many small, Food outlets selling very yummy local delicacies, so very interesting arrival and place. And then, and then I I found out well because I always find this place fascinating. So um, I started talking to people that well, do you think that Samsurbo is really a fascinating place? And then, and then I found out that usually I got three kinds of response. The first is. Whenever I ask this question, do you think Samsuibu is very fascinating? And then the response usually is, well, I live in Samsuibu. Or I used to live in Samsuibu. Or um, I go to Samsuibu very often. The response itself make the whole place even more fascinating because I started thinking, why so many people are somehow connected to Samsuibu? Even though you never, people like me who never, lived here but then they, they just come here often so i want to find out why so and and then i the other thing is i want to the response of the people make me feel like i really should do a story on some Bo on telling people what this place really is about because some Bo is always being a stereotype as a place of the low income group people here they are they are the they're poor they're unhappy um you know that sort of thing so i i think no but then the response i got from from people i met right is not the same it's 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 completely different so i started thinking how can i tell a story of
0: some so you wanted to move away from that stereotype
2: yeah i really want to move away from that stereotype it is not saying that uh Sobol, you know people here are you know like the the it is not mid-level, of course, or it is not the peak, of course, but then there are many, many aspects of Samsobo, which is largely being taken for granted or ignored. So I want to tell a story of Samsobo, um,
0: and I hope more people can appreciate this place. Chloe Lai interviewed a variety of people, including residents of Sham Shui Po and those who like to visit, and created a multimedia exhibition out of their stories with photographs by Robert Godden. You can visit her exhibition, Tales of Sham Shui Po, until May the 12th at a shop at 246 Tung Chow Street in Sham Shui Po. Also, do take a look at her Urban Diary website. My thanks to Chloe and Olivia Tang of Walk in Hong Kong. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.